Golden West Radio now brings you the Lawn and Garden Journal. Get your questions ready. Our toll-free line is open at 1-800-374-3315. Now, here's your host, Carla Hersena from St. Mary's Nursery and Garden Center. Good morning, everyone. It is April 8th. We had a beautiful Good Friday yesterday. Yes, but of course, being at the garden center kind of life, we had we were in watering some of the plants because the sun was beautiful. It was gorgeous yesterday outdoors. And yes, being a little bit of Good Friday, we celebrated with a little bit of early Easter with some family. And what do you do on a nice day when it's sunny outside? You build a snowman. So there was Oscar and I outside building a snowman. We got a few rocks for the eyes just because it was kind of fun to do. And, of course, a carrot for the nose. But halfway through the evening, of course, it was melting. The carrot fell down, and what did we do? We had to go back out and put it out there. But I think the beautiful weather that's out there, this is not going to last. It was sort of the last tribute to be able to do that. Because normally, we are trudging through some water. And normally we'd be cutting some pussy willow some, from some branches for some uh, people that were in here. So we are going to have to do with our artificial ones for now because it's a little bit too cold. The water will run shortly and soon because that sun is going to give us some intense spring. And spring it is. When the cold, harsh winter has given its blast breath, When the sky above shows life instead of death. When the claws reaching to the frozen sky become decorated with leaves. When the animals long in hiding scurry from trees. We know winter is ended. When the frost on the grass is replaced with sweet dew. When the fields become dotted with flowers reminding me of you. When the lonely silence becomes filled with melodies. When we feel the warm air erasing bad memories we know winter has ended when the hard bare ground becomes painted with green when the frostbitten air becomes fresh and clean when the coats and boots are all stored away when the playgrounds become occupied again with child's play we know winter has ended when you hear the pleasant sound of children's laughter when the air is filled with joy long sought after when the world is filled with sunlight, brighter and longer. When the, sung, when the song of Mother Nature becomes stronger. Spring has begun. And yes, it has. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to the Lawn and Garden Journal for Easter weekend. And we're going to go right to lines because I think Mary is waiting. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, Carla. Good morning. I hope you have a happy <laughs> Easter weekend. Oh, we did. Oh, that's good. How can we help you on this sunny day? <laughs> I have brought in two mandevillas from last year. And they have these long, stringy shoots coming out. Is there any way I can cut them back or trim them? Yes. Uh, mandevilla, now, you'll probably see with all our tropical plants, they are just starting to just come to life again and give some new energy. Uh, even some of the tropical plants that we have at our garden center here, they are showing beautiful new growth that's on it, and that's because of the new sunlight and 
we're going to be warming up temperatures. So in instances when we see this, and we also see it with some of our annual plants that we're growing, we like to do what we call the little pinchback, which you can do with your mandevilla or diplodenias if you have them. And when you do this, it kind of prevents that lead growth from starting again. And what it does is it pushes the energy back a little bit further in the plant to create more branches, which in gardening world, more branches or more tendrils means more flowers. Yeah. So I, I have one. I have go one going right up into my curtain and up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that yeah. could be very pretty if it starts to bloom. That well, would be two two tendrils that have kind of wound around each other. Yeah, and then they just went right up. <laughs> yeah. Well, they could be tendrilling, and if they're if the space between the leaf sets is a little long. It could be tendrilling really good because A, it could be a little bit low on light levels. Or plus with the active growth and the low light levels, you're going to get the super stretch between the leaf nodes and then more tendrilling. So increase your light levels because we love to grow plants where one leaf set is kind of nestled slightly above the other. makes a bushier plant. But if you pinch that lead growth, you'll see that it will take a bit of time for new leaves to generate further down but at each leaf set node where they're at okay well that plant is in a west window oh well then there oh okay so it doesn't get too much sunshine there oh it's in a west window so it gets yeah but just watch because sometimes too if we grow right in windows especially when i see seedling trays put right in the window that can actually cause overheating on some plants that could cause stretching too Okay. Well, I had one last year that I had in my in my south, the, my east window. Yeah. Upstairs, and it's cold up there, and it was blooming. Oh well, <laughs> <laughs> it was going help, you know. Yeah. But you know, but plants they will bloom at different temperatures, and sometimes I feel that um, here we're going to. I think go that right was into, a diplodenia. A diplodenia, yeah. And they are gorgeous. Like, we start thinking about our tropical plants and our flowering tropical ones. I have a list in front of me waiting to put an order in for our our Florida group to bring up some flowering tropicals because, boy, oh, boy, it sure looks beautiful when we put them on our decks and patios and not not only in our homes, right? Right. Right. Where it's going. Yes. It's warm enough. Well, you know what? It's going to get there because yesterday when I was out there making that snowman with Oscar, the co- the snow was cold and wet. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. didn't want to hold the snow, but he made sure that yeah, yeah, was picking up the wet snow to make the snowman. But oh yeah, the, you could feel the heat in that sun. It's coming. So if it's if they're long and stringy, I could cut them back. Yes, you can pinch them. You can pinch them back. Uh, it depends on if it's. Um, you can probably take back probably I don't know how long the tendrils are coming off on that, but if it's going up fairly far up the curtain, you could probably take about one third of the tendril off and bring it back to the to the core so that you get some more branching effect. Because I have lots of tendrils. Okay, yeah, you can pinch it back because that will actively create more branches for you, which will make a beautiful thicker plant for you. Okay. Okay. Thank you yeah. very much. You're very welcome, and thank you for listening, Mary, and have a great Easter weekend, okay? You too. Thank you. Okay. All right. Bye-bye.
Bye-bye. And this is the time, too, because if it starts, the other part of that, Mary, is if it keeps tendrilling too far, you're going to have to end up probably uh, cutting some of it off. If it, I could just see it going up to the curtain rod and going along there, which some plants have been shown to do. So a little bit of pinching in advance is going to be perfect. And we are all anxious for spring to come, and there's a lot of things that we can be doing or thinking about doing for our for our gardens. But right now, we're going to go right back to the lines, and we're going to go to Nadia. Good morning, Nadia. Good morning. Hi, Carla. It's so nice to see, hear you back again. <laughs> well, thank you. You know, I, I, for, I forgot to ask Mary where she's calling from, and where are you calling from? Winnipeg. From Winnipeg. It is a sunny morning, isn't it? Oh, it's a beautiful morning. Yes. Uh, Go ahead. Okay, I have an orchid, and it was blooming nice when I bought it, but now it's not blooming. It's sending out, like, I don't know, a lot of, I don't know what they're called, spikes or whatever. Okay, are they the spikes going upwards, or are they the air roots that are going from the base where the orchid bark or, or the... Mulches. They're going upwards and sideways, and and there's a lot of them. Well, if they are if they are spikes that are going up, those could be the starts of new flower buds. No, they're not. Not that's been a couple of years already, and I was waiting. I thought something would happen. So I don't know. Maybe that is roots. I don't know. Okay. Are are they? Is it the type? Is it a phalaenopsis with the big roundish uh, oblong leaves that sit low to the base? Uh, just a minute, because I have it in the bedroom. Can I just yeah. bring it? <laughs> sure. We love it when plants plants hang out with us. Because if it is a phalaenopsis, it's got the larger leaves that stay base closer to the pot. And then there's other types like dendrobiums where they actually, the leaves grow on set, go more upright. But this stems of the flowers will go mostly upwards, whereas air roots look a little bit of whitish, softish, greenish, that kind of just stay and kind of hover around the pot or over the surface of the pot. Yes, that's what it is. Okay, so if those whitish, uh, greenish, soft, limey green roots are all over the surface of the pot, those are good air roots. Oh, sometimes, Yeah, sometimes orchids take a little bit of a time frame to... Um, come back into their flowering habit, okay? Mm-hmm. So you could do a couple things. You could rec- uh, you could try and set a blooming habit by changing slightly temperature change that's on there. They're in, I, I said bedroom, but I meant bathroom. Oh, bathroom, it's in a, okay. It's a nor- uh, north window bathroom. North window, okay. Yeah. It may not have enough light, because if it doesn't have enough light, light, sometimes sets the pattern for for bloom set as well as sometimes a different temperature change will also do a bloom set transition where it will stimulate it to go okay we got to start blooming mm-hmm. okay another thing um do you fertilize at all pardon me do you fertilize at all yes okay and what type of fertilizer are you using uh for orchids yeah you, you can use a general, like here we use a general fertilizer, like a 20-20-20. It seems to set that pattern okay. as for it. But there are some specific orchid ones for blooming when it's in bloom set and out of bloom set. Mm-hmm. If you have a general 20-20-20, you could try it. Yes, I do. 
try using that, okay? Okay. All right. And what and do I do with those roots? Do I cover them or cut them no, off or what? No, no, those are good. If you're seeing lots of roots, that means it's nice and healthy. Okay? Oh. Don't cut the roots because orchids themselves have roots that belong outside of soil. Okay. They belong to a family called epiphytes, which if you go down to Florida and some of the tropical places, mm-hmm. the orchids actually attach themselves to the, to the branches and trunks. They don't go into soil. So their roots actually adhere or are held onto a tree, and they get nutrients from the air and sometimes from the strata of what they're holding onto. Oh. And the amount of water that they get is from when it rains, it runs over their roots, and then it's gone. Okay. Okay, I've seen a lot of orchids come to a demise from being pushed always in. Like people think, oh, we got to put the, the roots in the soil or in the strata that's in it. But no, they like to have their roots up. Like It's called like an air, air roots. Okay. Okay, you know, there's another plant that's like that is uh, Tillandsias. Have you ever seen Tillandsias? Yes. Yeah, so they also have air roots that they don't need to go into soil. Okay, okay. okay. yes, and, yes. And is it in is it in a bark mulch or is it in sphagnum and bark and pumice? Well, it's still in the in the soil that it came in. I yeah. just topped it up with uh, with peat moss and, and and stuff. Okay, try not to put too much of that on there because if you're burying the roots a little bit too much, um, that could cause too much of a demise. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, the all roots right. are all over. They're just just uh, they're on top and all over. Okay. I would probably say if it's in a north window, I would probably try and give it a little bit of a boost by fertilizing it okay. and then take it out of the bathroom for a while mm-hmm. and give it brighter light yet for a while. Not in full sun, but brighter light for a bit. And let's see if we can stimulate that to give it a boost to get going a little bit. So what would it be, the south window or west, east, what? You could go west, but not, again, not in the window because they like to be sheltered. Think of it in their natural habitat because if I attach myself to a branch of a tree or the, the trunk of a tree, I'm under the canopy. I'm getting dappled light maybe, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. So increase the sunlight, but not in direct window. Mm. Okay? Okay, okay. All right. Let's oh, well, thank I- you very much. You're welcome. I've got my fingers crossed for you, okay? You're going to let us know when you get that bud set happening. Yes, okay. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much, and you have a happy Easter. You too. Thank, Thank you. you for calling in. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Orchids can be tricky, and sometimes, I know Charlene's waiting, we'll get to you, but sometimes you have to remember, plants like us, we need to energize. We need a little bit of a rest and We need a set tone to when we want to start building up for a bud set. And sometimes we can influence that and looking at the different scenarios of what may happen. So if we start fertilizing and increasing some sunlight, let's see if that sets it. If not, we'll take a different measure to see if something else can encourage that blooming. That's always what happens. And it's the challenges and the successes of getting a plant to bloom. Let's go right to line. Charlene is waiting. Hi, Charlene. Good morning. Good morning. And where are you calling from? Uh, From Manitou. From Manitou. Well, good morning to everyone out in Manitou. Yes, some of us will be listening in. I know there's other people that listen to your show. Oh, nice. So so they'll hear my voice. (laughs) Oh, that's good. That's good. Pardon me. 
okay. I'm just going to ask about my amaryllis. It it bloomed beautifully last oh, fall, I guess, and but then it grew two babies, mm-hmm. and it's uh, making the pot even grow. Uh, the pot was round, but now it's all blown because of the pressure of these other two bulbs that are there. Do I transplant it? Do I separate those bulbs? Or Yeah, you can. Is it in still leaf form? Uh, yes, those yeah. beautiful green leaves. <laughs> okay. If you want to, um, if you disturb it now, there could be a chance that it's going to sort of start its um, dormancy pattern where you might affect the leaves that's on it. But if you want to slowly cut back on some of your watering, but I would probably leave it in the green stage for about another month and then slowly cut back on the watering so that you get it into its dormancy habit again. And at that point, you could probably lift it, see the sizing of the bulb sets, and then do your divisions and store them that way. Okay. Or the other thing that you can do is let the soil dry, lift and if you want to put it in a slightly bigger pot and store the pot with the soil dry until it's ready to be pulled out next fall to start your your growth again. Just leave the the two other the two little smaller ones attached to the main bulb. You can either leave. I would probably lift and see the size of it. I would probably pull the soil away to see what the size of those bulbs are, and they would probably be best separated off that. Because they, they did could, blossom, too, the extra bulbs. So we know if they, if they blossom, too, they're, they're, some, they're a good size. So, yeah. again, letting the flowers of the amaryllis die back and then letting the leaves put the energy back into the bulb set, they could probably then be divided, I'm suspecting. And you can either do a, a bigger bowl display next year or have three individual ones. Yeah, well, if they would be happy in the same pot, I'd just transplant the whole thing into a bigger pot. Yeah, yeah. They're looking a little crowded right now. <laughs> That's uh, That was what we were talking about on the last week's show, is when there's hints to when our tropical plants need to be um, bumped up in size, and that was one of them. Roots girdling on the top or the bottom, to the exception of the orchid or the distension or misshape of the pot, and you are definitely looking like you need a bigger pot if you're getting that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I was just wondering, because leaves are still nice and healthy and green, whether to put them into the basement to let them go dormant or... Well, you can cause dormancy by cutting back on your moisture mm-hmm. or decreasing <clears throat> light levels, or sometimes, too, if you want to set it back now or... Let enjoy the greenery now while we have snow, and then delay that a little bit longer so that you have your dormant period set during, you know, July, August, September, and then you can start looking at your bulbs then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I have just put it outside for the summer, just yes. in the just in the pot, and it yep. it never really died back, but it did blossom. So. Yeah, well, sometimes you can get it to go back where you put it into a dormant state. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was just wondering whether to try and separate them. or I did that with my sisters one time, and all I got up uh, was leaves. I didn't get any bulbs, so I guess it was still growing 
Um, yeah, you have to have it go into a, a dormancy state to give it that energy back, okay? Okay, then. Thank you very much. You're yeah. very welcome. Okay. Bye for now. Okay. Bye-bye. This is all fun and interesting. There's so much to talk about within the gardening portion of it. Now, whether you're doing it, and it's a perfect time, why not? If the sun is out and it's beautiful and sunny, if you have not transplanted your house plants yet, and you are seeing some of those indicators, that is sort of a call to action. Uh, if you missed last, last week's show, uh, this is the time where you want to do some of your transplanting. And again, if you're going to a size of a pot, you only want to go about an inch or two wider because a lot of plants, and we can tell by even looking and sounding for what Charlene's plant is, a lot of plants love having their roots snuggled and kind of in that root-bound condition. It's a little bit different when you're growing other plants outdoors. If it gets too tight, like we know on some of our perennials, that the perennial roots get too thick, they benefit by lifting and uh, replanting, and it gives the plants re-energy to get them to bloom again. But most of your tropical foliage, um, you know, your ficus trees, everything else, they love to have it really uh, nice and a little bit more bound. But remember too, if you're growing in the same soil over and over, then you will have to um, make sure that you're fertilizing and subsequently giving it the amount of food because they're energy plants like us. If we're working hard, we want to make sure that we have a nice meal to support the amount that we are working. All right. Well, let's go right back to lines. We have another caller on the line. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, and how are you? Oh, good. The spring is coming, so we have no excuse not to. We are ready to go with our planting. Oh, I think we all are. You know, we get people that come into the garden center, and you can see the energy that they want to be in there. And I give a little bit of a giggle because I always invite them to push their fingers in the soil and get a little dirt under their nails, and they just love that feeling. Okay, you were talking about the orchid. I just got one for my sister, a mini one. Anyways, it shows on the instructions. They say give ice ice chips every 10 days. But this one shows take it out of the pot and bring it and stand it into water for 15 minutes. What do you say to that? Well, you know what? I've I've seen the ice mode. I've seen that too, but I... I'm also, myself, I don't know if I would want to have an ice cube on top of me for, for a few minutes. <laughs> because that would be awfully cold shock to the root systems. Um, and 15 minutes for soaking of an orchid, uh, it depends on how thirsty it is. If you're doing it for a long period of time, I, like, you know, like if you're doing that too often, that could cause a demise. But I think the, maybe soaking it for a little bit of time. Because in nature, if I have a nice rainfall for an hour of showers, that could be equivalent to maybe having moisture on my roots for maybe a time frame. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Well, my, my nephew's wife, she has a big one. And you should see the flowers on there. Every 10 days, she gives them a couple of ice cubes. Well, if it works and it ha- works well, for her, then I'd say go for it. But it says place them into water. For 15 minutes. It shows the clock in 15 minutes about ancient water. Yeah, well, I would, um, 
I would try and speak with someone. If you're which, if you're looking on video or online, sometimes there's things that are a little bit different. I always like speaking to people that have experience about what they do with it. And I know that some people have used the ice cube method before, and it has worked for them. Oh, it works amazing for her. Okay, calla lily. When do I bring the calla lily up from the basement? There's Your calla lily, oh. you could do it now. Well, every year I take say to myself, next year I'm going to wait later. Next year. Well, by the time you plant flowers, they're full bloom, and you want them to bloom in July. Yeah, well, calla or canna? Calla, calla lily. Calla. Calla lilies take a long time to break. Well, and it they're, depends. they're one inch above the ground already. Sorry? They're one inch above the ground already in the pots. Yes. So what you could want to do is if they're starting to grow, you could s slow them down. Like you can grow them not too hot, grow them a little cooler, okay? Yeah, I have them down in the basement yet. Because I, I want to hold them back for blooming. Yeah, if you can hold them back a little bit. But we started ours probably, um, we started two crops. We started one crop in February, and we started a crop probably just maybe two weeks ago. Well, I so, put them in the same pot, put them down in the basement, they come up, and I put them outside. Yeah, and calla lilies are beautiful. Oh, I got my sister had some in Winnipeg. I got yellow ones, canary yellow. And she yep. has like a yellow and red. I said, please don't throw them away. I want your bulbs. So they're all coming. Yeah, and they could be lifted every now and then. Mom um, and Dad used to grow them, and Dad you, would lift them up, and they were almost like six-inch patty pans. Oh. They almost look like, you know when you cook a pancake and you add more batter and it makes this misshapen pancake? Yeah, they grow yeah, yeah. and they, they sort of multiply. So you can split them and mm -hmm. get more mm -hmm. going. Okay, I have another question for you. Sure. A cactus, getting it to bloom. Which I have kind a, of cactus? Yeah. Easter cactus? Any kind, any kind. I have any two different kinds. I even have a yellow one now, which is new. Anyway, my sister is on an iPad all the time, and she read about dissolving vitamin C in water and giving it to them. Would you believe it's starting to bloom again? Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of nutrients that are given within vitamin C because that vitamin C, you know, it's good for us, so why not for the plants? <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you, I'm so excited, especially having a yellow one. Oh, man, I tell you. Okay, I started a bunch of coolies. Okay. Okay. Would you and... I bring them in the fall, and then I take, uh, uh, like, slips off of them. Keep yep. taking them off, taking them off, the, and starting new ones. Okay, would you recommend, like, uh, the ones that I bring in, giving them uh, fertilizer already? Yes. Yeah, if you're bringing them in and you're, uh, if they're grow actively growing, you should be giving them a little bit of a food. If you don't do, want to do a full strength, you can start it off with a little bit of a diluted mixture of it to mm -hmm. slowly give them a kickstart. I have Miracle Go. Yes, you can use that. So I you just give it a, a week Miracle Go. Just use a little bit of a weaker Miracle Grow, And again, to, to prevent a lot of our new either cuttings or slips or our plants or seed from seed from stretching is we need to increase some of the light levels to keep them shorter, okay? Yes, yes, yes. That's, that's, I know that. I know that. Yeah. 
And coleus loves to be pinched to make nice, bushier plants. Yes, that first that's what we do. Oh, I, this is great. You have a green thumb there, girl. <laughs> you should just see them all. Oh, man. <laughs> and, you know, I, it amazes me. We have a huge, huge table of coleus. And if in areas where you have shade and you can't get a lot of flowering plants for the shade, especially when the impatience plants got affected by this um, this disease that affected them, coleus is an impact color. And the amazing, the amount of colors that you get from coleus plants is truly amazing. Yes. And they flower. They yes. will usually flower in a lavender or a soft purple. Yes, I don't like, I pinch them off the flowers. I don't okay. like it. I like my greenery. And I like this kind now that you can have it and full sun or medium or whatever. Yes, because some people don't know that, that some coleuses have been bred to take stronger sunlight. And oh, we yes. would get along well together because I do not like a coleus flower. I love the foliage, but not their flowers. Yeah, I pinch them all off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, I'll keep on listening to your show and keep up the good work. Okay, and where are you calling from? Sydney. Sydney, well, hello to everyone out in Sydney. You enjoy your Easter weekend, okay? And you have a happy one, too. Okay. A blessed one. Yeah. Okay. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was fun. And gardening is sharing. Gardening is telling a story, listening to a story, and camaraderie. I love hearing your stories, and I love sharing stories, and we'd like to hear from you. The lines are open, 1-800-374-3315, because what may work for me may not work for you and what works for you may not work for me because we're all gardeners we have all different growing conditions we have all different exposures in our yards so we should start planning let's you know we had a conversation last week about maybe creating some garden plans and creating a diary of your garden it's amazing when you're going through it i think i'm using amazing too much today but that's what it is the sun is shining it feels good It's a great weekend, and the stimulus to get growing is there. So, yes, it is a nice weekend to get our fingers in the soil. And if you can't do that, visit your garden center if you have a chance, or flip through those garden magazines and get out your diary and start marking down your wishes, your wants, what you would like to succeed in doing, what you'd like to plant, what color palette that you're looking for, because that is one of the things that I usually is thrown off even myself. When it's time to plant, you walk through, you look at the flowers, you have it all planned out, and all of a sudden you go, what is that? And there it goes. There's a new color introduced because it's the flower, the power of its energy that makes you want to grab it and say, I like to grow that, I like to try that. Now, there's a couple things in the garden world that we want to start talking about. And before the show goes through, I want to sort of give a shout out to a couple things that are happening so that we can look at it. On your little jaunt through the backyards, yeah, we're going to talk about the Easter bunny right now. Well, it's going to be the bunny for now because there are bunny tracks galore. And the track is not only on the footprint, if you get my meaning. There's little droppings that tell me that somebody has been nibbling on some trees. If you see this, it's because 
there is so much snow out there they are hungry because with too much snow too long they're lacking in their food so please please go look at your trees and your shrubs you could take preventative measures right now to help with the success of not losing those plants especially if you have rosy blooms or apple trees if you can put a little bit of a tree guard that's on there it's a simple measure of putting a plastic coil guard around it and as the snow melts don't forget pull it down a little bit because there could be um the effect if it's the carl guard is up and the snow has fallen down we want to make sure it's guarded down you can also get out some scoot and if you've got scoot hidden in the basement right now that's not been frozen get it out and if as long as you're above freezing right now you can get it into a little hand pump sprayer and spray some on those branches it causes a little bit of a bitter taste they will not want to eat it and they'll go elsewhere all right the same with deer if you're looking at the deer bobics and your plant skid they too are hungry they will go after and i don't want to scare you but i'm just want preventive measures because we invest in our fruit trees and ever so more now with the cost of food so take those measures to protect those fruit trees and your trees uh, yeah maples they're sweet all right they're going to go some, for some nibbling the other thing too that i want you to be cognizant about is prevention of bugs and diseases it gives out a little bit of um uh, it's one other thing that we should do prior to the leaf buds breaking open and it's now if you've got some sprayers is pull out your dormant spray kits it is a mixture of your horticultural oils and your lime sulfurs that's in there it is an application that you can spray to some of your trees it will give it sort of um the effect of helping to eliminate helping to eliminate not totally eradicate help to eliminate and reduce your overwintering insects and some of the diseases on your fruit trees uh, your roses if they're evident if they're out maybe they're under the snow but as soon as that's when the snow drops you're going to do a second spray because you love your plants and you want to help them okay so dormant spray kits with your horticulture oil lime sulfur give it a mix and it will help to prevent diseases and insects overwintering on your fruit trees your roses your shrubs your ornamentals all of that right now because that is so important all right and it gives us a little bit of a boost yeah and the other things too that you can be doing is uh looking for things if you've got the big high boots on cuz i it's going back to building that snowman yesterday where i wore my low boots of my sisters and sure i got a boot full of snow it's a little bit of a chill but yeah the rewards of just building that uh snowman overtook it but on my jaunt i f- was at my sister's and i or my my daughter sorry at my daughter's place and i saw a few branches of a tree that could be pruned out so that's another call to action that you should be looking at your trees and shrubs if you see any branches that are um abrading in against each other or brushing against each other and opening up some wounds you can do a call to action to do a little bit of a light pruning that's out there so uh if it is a larger tree you may want to call to some of the pruning companies that can do some of the big stuff for you you want to do it cautiously they're fantastic they know what to do so 
Maybe leave the big tall trees to the pruning companies and you can do the smaller ones that are out there. So pull out your secateurs, your loppers. Uh, I love a Felco number two. I'm telling you, I was able to pull mine out here and do a little bit of pruning on some of our uh, trees and shrubs inside. But choose the tool that fits the work. So if you have an apple tree that you think that you want to be able to do a little bit, this is the time now when they're still in their dormant state to do some pruning. So um, Felcos are good for sort of, I always depict it and sort of say, okay, if I can do the size of maybe my baby finger and less, I will use my pruners. If I'm going to the size of my thumb and larger, I am pulling out my loppers because I want to make sure I do not wreck my pruners. All right, so that's a little shout out. We've got work to do if you're not doing anything on the weekend. All right. Thank you for listening, everyone. I had fun uh, with the weekend talking about gardening. And just remember, with deep roots, never doubt spring will come. We'll be back next week on the Lawn and Garden Journal. Bye-bye, everyone.